Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 151, Nine Considerations for Podcasting Headphones. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. You may be listening to me through headphones right now, and headphones are an important part of your podcast studio, both for while you are recording your podcast, as well as, and maybe even more importantly, for while you are editing your podcast and what kind of headphones that you choose to wear during those times could make your editing or your podcasting better, easier, or make it worse. So I've got nine things for you to consider before you go out and purchase new headphones or things that maybe you're trying a pair of headphones, whatever style they are, and you're trying to decide, are these good? Here are nine considerations for you. The accuracy, their comfort, the sound leak, sound isolation, bone conduction, price, cord style, portability, and even visibility. So let's get into this. And if you'd like to follow along, you can go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 151. And I hope you, by the way, you benefited from my uh, recent mistakes episode and all of the things I wish I could have done differently or things I learned and mistakes I made, I could have gone on and on and on for quite a while sharing more and more mistakes. And I've got another dozen or so that I thought of after that episode, but the episode was long enough as it was. So if you want to hear about some of the other mistakes, maybe I'll do that for episode 201 or 250. We'll see. But let's get into this. Nine considerations for podcasting headphones. Number one, accuracy. This is the most important thing, I think, for your headphones, is how well they produce or reproduce the sound that is being recorded. You need to ensure that what you are recording is exactly what you end up hearing. You've probably heard of WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. Well, I recommend WYSIWYG, which is what you hear is what you got. You need to make sure that your headphones aren't enhancing the audio for you because you don't want to hear your audio coming back enhanced. You might miss miss something. You may inappropriately enhance your voice because of how your headphones are making your voice sound. Your headphones may make you sound bassy and so you raise the treble and then you end up hearing from everyone else that, hey, your audio is really trebly. Where's the bass in this? And you didn't realize it's because of your headphones. It's just like the kind of lenses you wear if you wear corrective vision or even just sunglasses. They are changing how you see things. And what you want is something that accurately reproduces the image you're supposed to see. So that way, you're not looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. And with your headphones, you want to make sure that you're using something that's designed for this kind of use. And that is studio monitoring use. Most consumer headphones, regardless of their price, are usually designed with either music or some kind of other entertainment listening in mind. So they're enhancing certain frequencies and de-emphasizing other frequencies so that it will make a great encompassing surrounding experience for someone wearing that pair of headphones. So people might listen to a pair of uh, listen to some music through a pair of headphones 
and think, wow, this is music is great. I can hear the instruments sound like they're in their exact locations or the beat just really shakes my head and shakes my bones. And I love it when it does that. That's the kind of stuff you want with entertainment focused headphones. But for podcasting, you want something that accurately represents your audio. What we call this is a flat frequency response. And by flat frequency response, you've uh, it's referring to the way that the frequencies, the separate frequencies are handled. You've probably seen something like a graphic equalizer where it's all of these knobs. I have the Behringer X1832 USB mixer, and it has all of these little knobs or sliders for equalization. And I can adjust one of these. Like if I just drag down the middle slider, you notice my bass, my voice got just a little bit bassier. If I drag that up, my voice suddenly changed sound. I'm just dragging one particular frequency range on my mixer. And there I just put it back to middle. That's what headphones could basically do. And when you look at a mixer, when all of these little sliders or knobs are in their main center position, changing nothing, it makes a flat line. But if you start adjusting these signals, then you get curves and angles and such. And it's always best if you start working with an equalizer to make these things very smooth motions. You never want just a single frequency to be highly emphasized and not smoothed out among the others. But for your headphones, you want something that gives you that flat frequency response. So the kind of headphones you should look for would be called studio headphones or monitor headphones or some kind of professional studio monitoring headphones. Sometimes they combine all of those words together. And these will try to maintain an accurate reproduction of your sound and keep a very flat frequency response. But despite how they design these headphones to be, many of them do still change your sound just a little bit. And we call this typically coloring your sound, where you think it's supposed to be black and white, but it's being colored in some way, or just it's altering some of the frequencies. This may or may not make much of a difference to you. You may just learn to account for this, depending on what kind of headphones you're using and how much they color the sound. But it is something that you need to look out for. And most of all, you want to try and get the most accurate sound reproduction. So if you stick to looking for headphones that are either studio or monitor headphones, you'll be looking at headphones that are designed to try to give you a flat frequency response. Whether they actually do that, that's where you have to go and compare different headphones or read a lot of reviews. And I'll share some brief reviews of several studio monitor headphones that I tried at my local guitar center later on in this episode and share some of my thoughts with you there. And they're all around the same price range too. So that's number one, the accuracy or the frequency response. Number two, the comfort. And I do rank this as number two. You could almost say this is the number one issue for your headphones because you may decide that you are going to wear these headphones for everything that you do in your podcast and everything you do at your computer, period. Maybe you wear these headphones throughout the day and you're listening to music on them, or you're watching movies while you're wearing these, or you're listening to podcasts, or you're editing your own podcast, or recording your own podcast, or maybe these are single-purpose headphones that you only use them while you're recording or while you're editing. Whatever the case, think about how much you plan to wear these headphones And how comfortable are they on your head, in your ears, depending on the design of the headphones? 
So over-the-head headphones, which are the kind with the big cans around them typically, will give you strain on your ears, on your head, and also the way they produce sound might strain your hearing, actually. So you want to try these things, and unfortunately, the best way you can try these things is really try them for a long amount of time. But if you're just trying different pairs and bouncing between them in a store trying to make a decision, it's a little harder then, but go with your gut instinct, what you feel when you first put them on. If you notice that a certain spot just feels a little odd on your head and it won't go away, that spot will annoy you relentlessly later on when you're wearing your headphones for an hour or two hours. How do they squeeze your head? How do they sit on your ears? How are they with the back of your ears, your earlobes, and all of this stuff? Think about the comfort of them because you could be wearing these for hours, or you may just be wearing them for the 15 or 20 minutes that you record your podcast. That's up to you, but you want to make sure your comfort is there. I would actually say with some kinds of headphones, your comfort is more important than all of these other things. If you're going to be wearing the headphones for a long period of time, then comfort may be your top priority. But I'm putting it at number two. And the comfort is also affected by how it sounds. And I'll address that in the next three points. So that's number two, your comfort with these headphones. And in-ear headphones are the same kind of thing, or earbuds or earphones, same kind of thing. How do they fit in your ear? Would this hurt after long periods of time? Does the way that they produce the sound pierce inside your ear too much or too little? All of these things to consider. So then number three consideration for podcasting headphones, sound leak. This is the sound that leaks outside of your headphones. And this can possibly present a problem for your recording or depending on how you're using your headphones, it could just annoy people around you. If you record your podcast by yourself, then noise or sound leak is not as much of an issue because while you're speaking, even if sound is leaking from your headphones, so you hear yourself through your headphones and that voice of yourself is leaking out of the headphones a little bit, even if it's making it back into the microphone, it's probably perfectly synchronized with your voice anyway. So you won't run into any kind of problems. And generally, the amount of leak that comes out of the headphones is so low that it would not create a feedback loop. You don't have to worry about that. Even with the headphones I'm wearing right now, if I put my ear really close to the microphone, I'm still, I'm not going to make a a feedback loop at all with these headphones. I'd have to take the headphones off and hold the earpiece up to the microphone before a feedback loop would even occur on these headphones, although there is just a little bit of noise leak. Obviously, the more you turn up the volume, the more noise leak there will be because that means more noise or more sound is going on inside your headphones, and so there's more to leak out of that. But where this is most important in your recording is if you either have co-hosts, especially remote co-hosts, or if you have sounds that you play into your recording or play while you're recording. Because anything that is not you wearing these headphones with your microphone, any other sound has the potential of then leaking through your microphone and causing problems. If that sound is being recorded at the exact same moment 
and is exactly precisely aligned with the sound that's going through your headphones and leaking back into the microphone, it may not be much of a problem. But where this can be a problem is when you have a delayed sound or it's coming to you slightly delayed and you fix it in post. For example, in our Once Upon a Time in Wonderland podcast over at wonderlandpodcast.com, one of our co-hosts is remote. The lady Erin is a remote co-host. She's in Canada. She calls in through Skype. I record her conversation just for the sake of synchronization and also having a backup. But then she sends me her recording. So I line it up and stick it in there. That's called a double ender where we record our side, she records her side, I line it up, and then we get a much higher quality recording. So it sounds more like she's in the studio with us. What can happen though is I hear in either her recording or our recording some sound leak from one person or the other. So from her recording, I might hear some of our sound leak into hers. And then in our recording, we might get some of her voice leaking out of one of my co-host's headphones. So that creates problems then because as we're doing a double ender, we may not line things up exactly as they were recorded. So we might end up with an echo, a slight echo or some kind of creepy mystical preco, <laughs> a sound before the echo, like a reverse echo. That kind of sound could make it into the recording on either my track or that co-host track. And then it can be very difficult to fix depending on your recording level. Sometimes just a simple noise gate in studio or running a noise gate filter or effect on the audio can fix this for you. But there you have to be careful about how much are you actually removing. Noise removal won't really do this for you. You have to sometimes just go through and silence those portions if it's really bad. But that's where a good pair of headphones can prevent that by preventing the noise leak, especially those sounds that you aren't generating. Even in a studio, if all of your co-hosts are in the same location, if you're getting some noise leak from your microphones, that could potentially, depending on your equipment, that could potentially open up the noise gate and start each microphone recording the audio separately going into the same track, and you start getting subtle side effects to that. It's not very much, but it may be there. It may give your sound a little bit more of a room sound, like a roomy uh, echo slightly, or it may just make certain things a little bit different than they should be, but it's not much of a problem in studio. But do keep in mind your sound leak. And a noise gate can fix this on your microphone side by turning off the microphone when the noise or the sound that's hitting the microphone isn't loud enough and then opening the gate when the sound is loud enough. But with your headphones, that can be an issue, especially if you are maybe editing a podcast in an office with other people and they are nearby getting annoyed by how much sound is leaking out of your headphones that's another consideration. You may not be recording, but it may annoy them. So that's number three, the sound leak. Number four, sound isolation. And do keep in mind comfort level with some of this because I'll tie this together in a moment with number five. But number four, sound isolation. And this is called many different things. Some people would call it noise reduction. Some people would call it uh, sound filtering. It, 
whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it sound isolation. And this is the opposite of the sound leaking. So when sound is leaking from your headphones, it's getting out of your headphones into your microphone or into other people's ears. Sound isolation is preventing outside noise from leaking into your headphones. So this would be noise from your room, noise from outside your house or your studio, from making their way into your headphones for you to hear those noises. And if you are going to be using these headphones to edit your audio, it's very important that all that you hear, or as much as possible of all that you hear, is just what you actually recorded. It goes back to the wig. What you hear is what you got. And if your headphones then are very good at isolating that sound or blocking out the outside sound, then you'll hear just what you actually recorded. So you, then you can know, oh, that dog bark didn't make it into the recording, or yes, that dog bark did make it in. Or maybe a dog barks outside while you're editing, and you don't even hear it in your headphones, so you know it's not in the recording. That kind of thing is what helps you edit a lot better. I got some microphones from Electro Voice, the RE20 and RE320, which by the way, if you haven't seen those review videos I did, I posted them on YouTube as well as my special video edition of the Audacity to Podcast, but you can jump to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash RE20 or RE320 to check out those reviews. But Electro Voice had sent me those microphones quite a bit longer uh, before I did the review and I just couldn't give the microphone reviews justice because I wasn't hearing them well enough. So once I got a better pair of headphones, I was able to hear much better how well these headphones were blocking sound. And especially in my studio where I have a, a pretty noisy computer, actually, it's a 2010 MacBook Pro, and it can get noisy sometimes. And that's why I don't do live streaming video for the Audacity to podcast anymore is too much noise. So the the sound I'm getting from the computer might make it into the microphone and it might still be generating that sound while I'm editing my recording. So I need to know, is what I'm hearing going on in the recording or is it going on just while I'm editing and it's room noise that I'm hearing? Ideally, you want to try to reduce all of this noise at its source. Close your doors, shut the windows, tell everyone to be quiet, all of that stuff. But if you can't, like your computer noise, for example, then you want headphones that isolate what you're hearing. So as much as possible, you only hear what you got. And that's then what you can edit and work on. And the same thing with wearing these while you are podcasting is that this will be important for you to know what actually made it into the recording. I hear podcasters often say things like, oh, sorry about the dog barking outside, or sorry about the truck that you just heard outside. And I didn't hear a truck outside or a dog bark or anything like that. They heard it because their headphones didn't isolate their sound very well. So they heard stuff outside their headphones that their microphone didn't even hear. But sound isolation will help you prevent that. Now, you may be thinking, hey, there are some awesome pairs of headphones out there that have this active noise cancellation. I do not recommend this, especially if you have co-hosts with you. Active noise cancellation is where the headphones have built-in microphones, and they're listening to what sound there is outside of the headphones. And then it does this 
really crazy thing that works with audio, but it inverts the audio and then spits it back into your headphones. And the result is that it actually cancels out the audio. It's a really crazy thing that the way the audio works like this, it's, it's basically a math formula. You have plus one and minus one. And when you add them together, you get zero plus two minus two, add them together. You get zero. That's what active noise cancellation is doing. And this usually requires some kind of power source to do as well. I don't recommend this for podcasting, even for some of your editing, because this may change the color of your sound a bit too much. But especially if you wear these wall podcasting, think about what kinds of sounds are being generated outside the headphones, your voice, your co-host's voice, And then your headphones are working against you to cancel that noise out in your recording. So it may be harder for you to hear yourself, harder for you to hear your co-hosts while you're recording because of these active noise cancellation headphones. Some headphones will allow you to turn that off. And if it does, and you're using those headphones, I definitely recommend turn off the active noise cancellation while you're recording. But it's something to keep in mind. If you're looking at new headphones out there, usually the good active noise cancellation headphones are really expensive, $200, $300 or more. So that's number four, sound isolation. So, so far we have number one, accuracy, number two, comfort, number three, sound leak, and number four, sound isolation. And I said that two, three, and four, the comfort, leak, and isolation are all connected because of number five consideration, bone conduction. This is where you hear yourself through your head. The sound is vibrating your jaw and conducting that vibration up to your ear. And that's how you hear yourself. This is why you will always sound different to yourself than to others. Or you'll also sound different to yourself while you're speaking versus when you're listening to yourself in a recording and you'll often think what that's how i sound really i don't like how i sound or or maybe you don't like how you sound through your head but when you listen to your recording you like the way you sound that's the way i was when i first started getting into recording when i was a teenager i think i was so conscious about my voice and thought i sounded terrible uh, as my voice changed and then when i heard a recording of my voice i realized hey that that's that's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. I, I kind of like the sound of my voice, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. But bone conduction, then, is an issue that can come up with your headphones and affect your comfort of the headphones based on certain other factors, and those would be the sound leak and sound isolation. Because as headphones are good at sometimes blocking out all outside sound except what's coming through the headphones, that means it's blocking out your voice if you're wearing these headphones while you record. If it blocks out your voice from reaching your ear in the normal way it does, then the only way that your voice makes it to your ear is through bone conduction and what's coming through the headphones. But the result of this is that the bone conduction will greatly overpower the normal audio level that's coming through your headphones. Consequently, your voice will sound a lot bassier. It may literally give you headaches, and I do mean literal in the literal sense of literally, not some weird figuratively sense. 
I've gotten headaches before by using these things. The first time I got some pretty decent earbuds, it was Wicked Little Earbuds. It was a special that was on Woot.com. They came with these little different uh, little sized cushions that you could put on the earbuds and it said smaller ones for more comfort, bigger ones for more isolation. I tried that in a podcast. I couldn't stand to wear the things because my voice sounded like the voice of God back to my head, just really low, booming. I can simulate for you what this sounded like by turning up the bass right now in my equalization and the way you're hearing my voice right now with over-processed bass is what it sounded like very much to me. And even just while I'm doing that, my eyes are watering while I am. I had my voice up like that. That's one of the reasons I don't like certain multiband compressor recipes out there because they can emphasize the bass a bit too much and also why I'm no longer liking the high LPR 40, but that's a side thing. So that way of blocking out the sound and then getting your voice only through bone conduction gives you that really bassy sound and it will drive you nuts. It will make your eyes water. It will give you headaches or it may do these things and it will make you sound very different than what you normally sound like. This drove me crazy the first time I ran into this. I was trying to figure out what's wrong with my headphones, what's wrong with my headphone amplifier, what's wrong with my mixer, what's wrong with my microphone. I would have other people come down and talk into the microphone or talk into the other microphones and no problem there. I would talk into the other microphone and I'd get the same problem again. I couldn't figure it out until really I finally realized that the bone conduction was the issue and it was only when I spoke while I was wearing these headphones that I got the problem. And it's because of that bone conduction issue. And this really affects the comfort of the headphones. And unfortunately, it's greatly connected to the sound leak and isolation. So the better the headphones are at preventing leak out or isolating the sound and preventing the leak in, then the more bone conduction sound that you'll get. The opposite is also true. The more audio that the headphones allow to leak in or leak out, then the less bone conduction conduction effects you'll get in your recording. And therefore, the more natural your voice will sound to you while you're recording. You can work around this by turning up your headphone volume, but then you start to run into the problem of your headphone volume is so loud that you might be leaking back into the microphone. You might be causing that. And any other sound that you play while you're recording or your co-host or whatever it is will sound a lot louder to you because you've turned up their volume while your own voice is canceling out your voice because of the bone conduction. It, it can be very annoying. So you really have to find a careful balance between sound leak prevention, sound isolation, and bone conduction because you could get a great pair of headphones that really block the sound and isolate the sound really, really well. Try talking while you're wearing those things and you'll get the bone conduction really badly and it will drive you insane trying to work with these things. So it's a balance. You have to decide which you're going to settle with uh, compromising, how you're going to compromise, and maybe this affects how you use your headphones. Do you really want to use these headphones while you're recording or will these headphones be used just while you're listening 
to your recording, editing it, or maybe listening to other things, but you wear something else while you record. That's something to consider. So that's number five, bone conduction. And really, the only way that you can know how bad the bone conduction is with a particular pair of headphones is to plug a microphone into the headphones somehow. There are certain apps on your smartphones where you might be able to just take your smartphone into the store, plug the headphones into it, and the app will turn on the microphone on the smartphone. And then that way, whatever you say into the smartphone immediately goes around into your headphones. That could be a test for you. Or obviously, take it to your studio if you can and try it in your studio with your voice, your microphone, your mixer, these headphones that you're trying to test, and then you'd be able to see how bad the bone conduction is. So that's number five consideration, bone conduction. Number six, price. Yeah, price is a consideration. We're, we're podcasters. We're not filthy rich. So I recommend if you want a good pair of headphones, then you will need to splurge a little bit. And do remember, these headphones will be with you for a while. And you may be able to take them with you for a while and help you in other ways of production. But a budget range that I recommend is $75 to $100 per pair of headphones. And in that price range, you do have a lot of really good options for headphones. And all of the pairs that I tried that I'll share with you in a little bit were in this price range, $100 and below. A couple of them were just a little bit above. You might find others that are $150, even $200 or so. But I recommend the $75 to $100 range will give you a good choice of headphones. Great quality, really, in these headphones. And a wide range of options so you can choose which is most important to you in some of these factors that affect each other like the bone conduction and isolation issues and comfort and the sound accuracy so the price of the headphones that i'll share with you in a little bit are between 75 and 100 dollars. one pair was actually 60 dollars, and there are other pairs that are as much as 150 dollars. there are different editions of some of these headphones i'll share with you number seven consideration the cord style You don't normally think of this with your headphones, but it may be one of those things that when you get back to your studio and you start working with your headphones, you are either really happy with what you got or you get really annoyed because of this little detail, and that is the cord that connects your headphones to your mixer or to whatever equipment that you're using. You have two options, either a coiled cord, say that fast 10 times, or a straight cord. A coiled cord is nice for keeping the slack out of the way, and it gives you some flexible room because while the cord is fully coiled up, it may be only three feet long, but just stretch it out and it can go to six feet, 10 feet, whatever, depending on the cord. So you have a lot of flexibility there, and that slack of in the cord that doesn't need to be sitting around, wrapping itself around things and all of that. But depending on your setup, The coiled cord could also get really annoying because it catches on things a bit easier since it's coiled and it's not just straight, doesn't just slide past things. Depending on your setup, if you have a constant tension on the cord, which might not be likely for most people, but if you have this tension, then it means that the cord, the coil will constantly keep this tension and you'll have a cord hanging in front of your face, across your screen, over your equipment, anything like that. And so it could get in the way because it's acting like a short cord, even though it's a long cord. But 
that's up to you and your studio. A straight chord, on the other hand, is nice for giving you the slack and kind of staying out of the way. It doesn't get caught on things. It won't mess up and it doesn't have to hang over your equipment. You have a bit more to, or a lot more to work with and how long it is is exactly how long it is. But sometimes the slack can get caught up in things or wrapped around things. I had an instant once where a headphone cable was wrapped. I don't know how I was this dumb to let this happen, but there was a loop of a headphone cable on my desk and I set my water glass right in the middle of this headphone loop. And there was still more cord hanging down because this was a straight cord that had all of the slack. So more cord hanging down. My little dog, which really isn't that big. She's only maybe under 10 pounds in weight. My little dog startled at something, bumped this cord, and my reflexes were fast enough that I was able to grab the water before she pulled it off the desk or made it spill onto my computer. But that was a very close thing. And I realized from then on, I have to be very careful that I don't have a cord accidentally looped around my water glass and certainly not hanging down. That's a problem that you could run into with a straight cord. But straight cord might also be a little bit more manageable for you. It's up to you and your studio. And the pair of headphones you get may come in straight and coiled versions. That's what you'll sometimes see a certain label or certain letter difference between them. It's usually indicating either the color or the cord style. And it's up to you which one you prefer. It's really your choice and your studio. It affects almost nothing else. Number eight, portability. Earbuds are, of course, the most portable for any kind of recording. You can take them anywhere. You could put them in your pocket very easily. But some of the professional headphones can also fold very nicely into small compact sizes, like the Sony MDR7506 folds very small and very nice size. And if you plan to just stay in your studio, never go out anywhere else with your equipment, never record anything else remotely, then you may not care about the portability of your headphones. But if you do like these headphones a lot enough to take them with you, if you'll be podcasting from somewhere else, like I'll be podcasting live from New Media Expo, and I will be taking my headphones with me, and they are fairly portable, but some pairs aren't very portable. They won't fold. They are big. They're bulky. Maybe if they fold, they're just really big. So do consider the portability of your headphones and how nicely they fold into a small compact size and how easy are they then to transport. And number nine, if you're a video podcaster, then you need to be concerned with the visibility of your headphones you most likely don't want to have a video podcast where you're wearing these big cans around your ears and that can be distracting and really it can look quite unprofessional to see a video with you recording while wearing these big headphones unless you're doing some kind of special audio review of a microphone and you want to be able to hear things very well while you're recording but otherwise I don't recommend wearing over the head headphones for a video podcast. And you may not even need headphones at all for a video podcast, but if you do, then the smaller, the better. You may even want to 
uh, stick with just earbuds that are more in your ear instead of ones that kind of sit out of your ear. But something that's almost invisible would work great. And even if you're looking at earbuds, which can work great for this, and you can get earbuds that are flesh-colored so they stand out even less, but as you're considering the visibility issue, you don't have to sacrifice all these other things because isolation, leak, the price, the cord style, bone conduction, the comfort, accuracy, all of this stuff can still apply for in-ear style headphones or earbuds and pick something then that works well for your video if you want to wear headphones while you're doing a video podcast. So those are my nine considerations for podcasting headphones. Number one, the accuracy or frequency response. Number two, comfort. Number three, sound leak. Number four, sound isolation. Number five, bone conduction. Number six, price. Number seven, cord style. Number eight, portability. And number nine, visibility, if you're doing video. So now, some of my thoughts. I wanted to give you first a fairly unbiased opinion of some things to consider. Now, some of my thoughts on several different pairs of headphones that I recently tried. I visited a local guitar center, and they were very kind and let me try many different pairs of headphones. And by the way, if you want to buy some audio equipment locally, and it's some kind of name brand audio equipment like this, check out Guitar Center. Because I didn't realize this, but they will price match even online prices if it's the same item and they give you a little bit of the difference for the price. So it might even be cheaper to go buy something at your local guitar center than it would be to buy something through Amazon.com. Then you're not just showrooming, then you're supporting a local business, a brick and mortar business, and you really get to try things before you buy them. If you do this, I don't get any commission from it at all. I probably will have a Guitar Center affiliate link on the site. But if you go into the store and buy something, it doesn't affect me. But that's fine. I'd rather you get a pair of headphones that you really like. Or you could just purchase which one of these that you like the most from Amazon. And I'll have those affiliate links and links to all of these things in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 151. So the pairs of headphones I tried were the Sennheiser HD 280 Pro, the Shure SRH440, Audio-Technica ATH-M45. I really wanted to try the M50, but that's a bit more expensive, and they didn't have those. The Sony MDR-7506, the Audio-Technica ATH-M30, and the AKG K240. Those are the headphones. I looked at all of the studio monitor headphones that they had in the Guitar Center, and these are what I found. So here were some of the thoughts on these different headphones. The AKG K240 were by far the most comfortable pair. I really liked the way they did a a bridge across the top, whereas most headphones run the cable, run the frame of the headphones all through the exact same piece that sits on your head. The AKG pair was quite a bit different. They had the frame and then they had this uh, band sort of thing that stretched between the frame and lower than the frame, and that band is what sat on your head. So the frame was not on your head, but this band was, which made these headphones very comfortable. So, so very comfortable. And I'm I'm frequently tempted to just sell these pair, this pair that I got or return them if I still can, 
and switched to the AKG because they were so much more comfortable. But this AKG pair, the K240, also had the most leak out of the headphones, and they don't work for everyone's head size. The the actual can parts themselves of the headphones, the earpieces, didn't move very much. So these weren't portable at all. And in fact, I had my wife with me when we were trying these different headphones. And when she put these headphones on, they actually sat, her head was too small for the headphones. So they sat wide open along the top and only touching her head at the bottom of the headphone earpieces. And they fit my head okay. And depending on your head size, they may or may not fit. So something to consider with the AKG two or K240. The HD 280 Pro, I think, had the least leak in and out. But sound production-wise, I think that the the uh, 280 Pro made my voice and the recording that I was using, my test recording, made it sound a bit more distant and kind of airy is the best way I can describe it. And headphones are so subjective. I wish I could just play samples for you, but that'd be pointless. And the Audio-Technica ATH M30, as well as the M45s, seemed to add a little bit more bass to the recording. And both had some sound leak too. The Shure SRH440 pair sounded a bit too tinny, like I was talking through a tin can. And the sound leak there was not too bad though. But what you'll hear and and find in these headphones is you'll hear or see headphones that say that they're closed back or semi-closed back. And the more closed the headphones are, then the more bone conduction you'll hear on your own voice. And the HD280 Pro was the most closed. It filtered the sound the best, blocked it out beautifully. But Bone conduction was the worst on the HD280 Pro. I could not stand to talk while I was wearing the HD280 Pro. Would work great for editing, terrible for listening while recording. Because I had my wife with me, I did a little test where I put the headphones on her, played a sample of one of my episodes of the Audacity podcast, and I asked her, which of these headphones seems the most accurate reproduction of my voice? She said of all of these headphones that the MDR 7506, the Sony pair, was the most accurate. And I I really agree too. And from what I can see, everything online seems to indicate that the 7506 is the best at sound production in this price range, that they're the most accurate. They don't color the sound very much. But I did also realize I wasn't exactly working with the most ideal test environment because even though we were in a quiet room, I might have had some equalization settings on my mixer that were changing the way that my voice sounded. And main problem, this was audio recorded with the high LPR40, which does a bass boost and changes the sound of your voice in other ways. So I realized this wasn't exactly the best audio test. But it was still pretty close. And with my tests in the store then, the MDR7506 from Sony seemed to be the all-around best pair of headphones because they were about in the middle for everything except 
sound reproduction. They were in the middle for comfort. They were in the middle. Uh, they weren't as comfortable as the K20 or 240, and they weren't as uncomfortable as the Shure SRH 440, which, oh man, the moment I put that headphone on, I I thought there was absolutely no padding at all on the frame of the headphones. They were terribly uncomfortable. And the Sony MDR7506 is about in the middle of those. There isn't as much noise leak on the 7506 as the K240 and the Audio-Technica ATH M30 and M45, but not as little sound leak as the Sennheiser HD280 Pro. The price range for the MDR7506 was also about in the middle of the road here. I bought my pair that I have for $78 from Amazon. Right now, they're around $80 on Amazon, and all of the other headphones are usually around $99 on Amazon and other retailers, except for the Audio-Technica ATH-M30, which was around $60, and then the couple steps above, the M50, was closer to $150 or $130 on Amazon.com. I also really like the compactness of the Sony MDR7506. They fold up quite nicely into a really small size, about half the size of the Sennheiser HD280 Pro. Those are big headphones, really. And when you wear them, they depend on how big your headphone is or your head is, then the HD280 Pros could look a bit ridiculous. The K240s, as nice as they look, and really cool looking, nice red finish, brass, and all of this, they don't even fold at all, which can make for comfort issues and fitting on your head issues as well. But I really like that band instead of the frame for the comfort, but they don't fold at all. So they're not very portable. And with all of these headphones, I saw the same issue with bone conduction that the higher I raised my headphone volume, the less bone conduction I got. But like I mentioned earlier, this also creates more stress on your ears as any other sound will be really loud and it increases the noise leak from the headphones because you're raising how much volume is going on inside the headphones, thus increasing how much volume is outside the headphones. So all around, I'm currently using the Sony MDR7506 headphones, but I may change that. Because what I found, along with all of these other notes, is that when I'm recording a podcast, I'm hearing the bone conduction. Right now, I hear it, and I've just learned to adjust to it a little bit. But one of the ways I've actually realized that I'm adjusting to the bone conduction is I'm speaking louder into the microphone or closer to the microphone, trying to hear myself better, which means that if I'm doing a co-host podcast, that I end up misbalanced with the rest of my co-hosts. What I was using before for quite a while were just my iPhone earbuds. And for recording a podcast, I think something as simple as that worked the best for me because there was a good sound reproduction. They are very low visibility for video. So when I do Podcasters Roundtable, which by the way, we're doing one on November 19th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, GMT minus 5. Check out podcastersroundtable.com to connect with Ray Ortega, Dave Jackson, or myself, and then we'll let you know. We'll remind you 
as we do that live. But we'll be talking about some fun holiday themed things, might share some stuff that we wish we could get as podcasters or some things we're thankful for. But definitely check it out. It'll be our episode that we release before Thanksgiving. But uh, the for the roundtable, you'll see that I'm not wearing big cans on my head. I'm actually wearing my Apple earbuds. And so are most of the other guys. They're just wearing some kind of cheap little earbuds or something. Even look at Todd Cochran, who wrote the book on podcasting. Literally, he uses earbuds in his video podcast, and they're pretty expensive earbuds. They're 150 or so. They're flesh-colored, but they work really well, and they're not very prominent in the video. But for while I'm recording, I think I really would rather have something that's more comfortable to wear and then save the nice studio headphones for while I'm editing. Because if I sacrifice the bone conduction issue and I accept headphones that have a little bit more leak in and out, like the AKG K240 pair, super comfortable, great sound, and they then didn't have that bone conduction issue, then that means I'm sacrificing being able to hear my recordings very well and catch the minute details that are in my recordings that I may need to fix or look into how I can process my audio better. So it's it's a trade-off, really. That's the thing. You have to decide what's most important and what are you willing to compromise on. And I'd love to hear from you. If you've tried other studio headphones in the price range of $75 to $100, or just some other headphones that you'd like to share your review on or some thoughts on, please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 151 and i'd love to hear from you what headphones you like and if you've tried any of these pairs then what your favorites have been and what your thoughts are on each of them you can also if you want to purchase any of these of course the affiliate links will be in the show notes as well i'd love to hear from you what things you'd like me to cover in a future episode of the audacity to podcast just email feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or call 903-231- 2221 and you can send a voice message through the website at theaudacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device. A couple announcements, three things. Well, Podcasters Roundtable, like I said earlier, check out podcastersroundtable.com if it's after November 19th at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll publish the episode eventually over there. That will be episode 21, I believe. But also two other things, the New Media Expo is coming up, and I'd love to see you there. I really look forward to meeting several of you that I haven't met before in person at New Media Expo. And if you haven't registered yet, then go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX and use the promo code DANIEL20 to save 20% on your registration. And you could even just get the virtual ticket, which is where you get all of the recordings of all of the sessions. And if you're going, I still highly recommend that you get the virtual ticket. That way you don't feel like you have to attend every session, but you can skip some sessions and network and socialize in the hall, which I know I'll be doing a lot of during many of the sessions. And I'm looking forward to presenting as well with the other guys from Podcasters Roundtable as we talk about how to grow your podcast audience from hundreds to thousands. And the last thing is the podcast awards. Voting is now closed Thank you so much for nominating the Audacity Podcast and all of our other podcasts. Thank you so much for voting every day in the Podcast Awards, if you were able to do that. Thank you. Thank you. It's really a testament of you, not me, but of 
you, of how much you enjoy the content, of how engaged you are as a listener. And so it's not something that I can just earn, but it's something that you earn for me or for whatever podcasts you vote for. So thank you so much for voting for the Audacity Podcast and our other podcasts. And we'll find out who won the awards at the awards ceremony, which will be streamed live from podcastawards.com and hosted at New Media Expo on Sunday, January 5th. And again, if you haven't registered, go over to theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX and use the promo code DANIEL20 to register and save 20% off any registration over there. Please comment on the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 151 and let me know what kind of headphones you like and what you use in your podcasting and if you've tried any of these other pairs and send me your feedback for future episodes. You can also follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle, And I look forward to helping you podcast with success. And a little secret here for those who are still around, make sure you sign up for the newsletter at theaudacitypodcast.com as I'll soon offer some major discounts on some cool things and announce to you something awesome I'll be launching very soon. That's over at theaudacitypodcast.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. And have a great Thanksgiving. Even if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, then take a day to be thankful, and I will be skipping an episode of the Audacity to Podcast during the Thanksgiving week in the United States. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mixed Network. Find more of our podcast to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com. And don't miss the opportunity to sponsor our coverage and be partners with us of our coverage of CES 2014. Check out tpn.tv slash crowdfund to find out how you can partner with us, promote your podcast, your service, your business, whatever, and get some really cool stuff too. That's at tpn.tv slash crowdfund.